Welcome in to the NASCAR Betting Preview Show Podcast, episode 22. I'm your host, Derek Yoder, and we are back to talk trucks with Phil with the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Here to preview Friday Night Lights truck race uh, as the Long John Silvers 200 from Martinsville takes place. So, Phil, how we doing, man? I'm fired up, Derek. Uh, happy to be kind of through the, the Bristol dirt week. You know, it was fun uh, to kind of work yourself up into it. But we're back talking uh, regular racing. And this is the end of a, a long stretch here in a row for the truck series. I think they're off next week. Um, so this is, uh, exciting. You mentioned Friday night lights that gets my, you know, blood pumping here. And I'm really excited to get into some Martinsville conversation with you tonight. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. The paper clip as they call it. I know, um, there's going to be a lot of action it's Friday night. I know our boy Rory picks, uh, is going to be boots on the ground for the race. So looking forward to seeing what he can report for us, uh, from there. But before we get to Martinsville, let's first look back. Uh, at some of the bets that we placed and some of the information. So Joey Logano won the race, started fourth, finished first. And uh, the interesting thing here about the uh, the guys that finished top three, they ran top three in the first stage, second stage, and race. So that would mean there was not a lot of passing. Indeed, there was only four lead changes in this race. Uh, so kind of a snooze fest unless you were on Joey Logano, uh, Ty Majeski top three, William Byron or Crafton. And Finger, who we're going to talk about here next, because you and I were both on him in a head-to-head versus Matt Crafton. And you were right. In Finger, in his finishing positions, when it comes to the dirt, got us the top five finish. If I would have told you, Phil, that In Finger's going to finish fifth at Bristol, you probably would have thought that's a winner, uh, winner chicken dinner head-to-head bet against Crafton, no? 100%. Um, th- I-, I would have said take all money <laughs> that I have and – you know, be done with it. Um, I was thrilled that Enfinger, you know, did what we thought he would do. It's always cool to, you know, go out, you put all that stuff down on paper, you talk about it, and then he goes out and he does something like that. It's just, I'm blown away that Crafton, who is no slouch, but he was able to do that. And and on one of the last restarts, Enfinger took the spot away and was in fourth and then as it got to like the last 10 laps or so crafton goddamn he took it right back mm-hmm. so uh that was a heartbreaker that that definitely was a heartbreaker but um yeah there were still some bright spots you know throughout the bets so let's talk about those bright spots because we put out our betting card. So anybody that follows Phil or myself on Twitter, you got to see our betting card and we're going to unveil this. Then each week it's going to be uploaded um, prior to, you know, either practice and qualifying or immediately after once the books release. So we'll make sure that our cards are out there, but we were able to touch on a few of the things that we were on. Phil was on Ben Rhodes, William Byron or Carson host of to win. We already touched on Joey Logano won the race. Phil and I were both on Grant Enfinger over Matt Crafton, and although we lost from a betting perspective, we felt like we handicapped that, or at least Phil did correctly. Phil, you hit on Ty Majeski over Zane Smith. You also hit on Chase Purdy over Tyler Ankrum. You missed on Ben Rhodes versus Joey Logano, and then Briscoe, uh, who it was announced that he has a broken finger. Uh, you know, he got all he could out of that uh, 22 truck, but did not finish top five. Parker Kligerman had another disastrous day. Uh, so he did not finish top five, but where we were right was the Fords. Uh, Joey Logano won. So he was in a Ford 
uh, over the weekend. So we cashed that at minus 130. So anything else you want to touch on with the card or or maybe some of your final thoughts there? Yeah, so uh, the Ford was the biggest one for sure. I mean, we were really confident in that. It was minus 130. They were the favorite, but we smashed it, and and that was um, definitely a, a big hit as far as the the weekend goes um this was like just inches it felt like away from a, a very big big day we'll touch about talk about logano in just a second but uh briscoe we had him for a top five he finished seventh like just you know just off there and you mentioned the broken finger i don't know if that made a, a two-spot difference or not but still a little bit of a heartbreaker there the end finger crafting thing i mean that you know swings the other way a fourth place finish to a fifth place finish that swings the other way reversed then all of a sudden it's a three to one um in matchups instead of a two and two in matchups mm-hmm. you know briscoe top five would be helpful i had ben rhodes over joey logano and so this kind of like gathers in the logano conversation here rhodes was a bit all over the place i think that his car or his truck rather was definitely strong um he couldn't yeah. just figure it out. Like he was always trying to, you know, work his way through the field. And, and it just felt like the more you do that, the especially in a dirt track, you know, the more problems you're going to run into. And and he went looking for problems. It felt like, and he found it. So um, I think he finished like 20th or something, not a great job there. Um, and then you do the flip side. I did not see and hindsight's 2020, but um, Logano, dominating the way he did was surprising but it was more surprising to see one driver just completely smoke the field and, and basically mm-hmm. it was like an f1 race um and it kind of felt that way in the cup <laughs> series too like you mentioned the cars that were first second and third finished that way in all three stages i mean that's not good in my opinion um as far as like the racing's concerned now if i was on logano i'd be very happy he was the odds-on favorite. Um, I think we had Rhodes bet down to to tie with him at plus four fifty on race day. Five to one. Yep. Five to one. Um, so didn't expect the you know complete domination of one driver. Um, mm-hmm. And if we had an inkling to that, then maybe you know wouldn't have gone so heavy on Rhodes there. But um, I'm gonna you know, use that and, and kind of put a pin in that, I guess you could say, as we get into our conversation about Martinsville, because I'm, I'm a little bit concerned heading into this week as well with that same general topic. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to talk about how to, you know, maneuver through that, I think, as a, a gambler. But yeah. overall, you know, we survived Bristol dirt um, and we didn't get our clocks clean. So that was good. No, you're absolutely right. The only thing about Rhodes that I'll, I'll I'll finish with, because we saw that he qualified in the heat well, uh, but with the unapproved adjustments, had to go back, start in the rear. So it wasn't really indicative of where he should have started. But when you're back there with all those guys, when we saw in the Cup Series as well, you're asking for trouble. And so we never really got to see Rhodes, who was the defending champion of the race. And like you said, I mean, Grant Enfinger missed out by beating Crafton by one spot. And Rhodes, had he qualified up there, would have really have liked to see what that battle would have been like uh, with his teammate in the race, uh, Joey Logano. Or you could have went perfect 4-0, and nonetheless, 2-2. Two and two. So I think, you know, it gives us good uh, data to go off of when we go to the next 
uh, dirt race because the, the trucks race on dirt. Uh, I believe it is another time, maybe two. Um, they're not at Eldora anymore, are they? I don't think no, so. No, they, they have yeah. burned the bridge with Tony Stewart there. Um, he was very yeah. upset when they did the whole Bristol dirt thing. But it was funny that he yeah. was the announcer this past weekend um, yeah. for them because he was very upset when they did that to him. Um, yep. His outdoor track. But they go to Knoxville later. That, and um, I knew they went to – yeah. And I knew they went to Knoxville, but I couldn't remember if it was on the schedule or not. All these courses or tracks now – uh, I should say motorsports are really starting to do a lot of dirt stuff. SRX is going to be at Eldora. They're also at uh, the fairgrounds as well. So there's a lot of different elements. So I didn't know if they were at Eldora, but that'll put a pin then on the Bristol dirt race. I know we're, we're excited to get to uh, what is more of a traditional race. And I think from a gambling perspective, this is obviously going to drop uh, late Thursday night into Friday. And it gives us good perspective because once qualifying and practice happens on Friday, Make sure you're looking at to see what the books miss because uh, qualifying is going to be such a premium. And if one of the trucks has to start in the rear and loses out on this pit stall and has a bad pit stall, that keep that in mind. Or however, if a, if there's a good if there's a guy that maybe you were in on and, and the books didn't adjust his number and he has a good pit stall selection, that will be key. So keep that in mind. But Phil, I want to I want you to kick off some of the conversation before we get into our cards. There's something really cool happening uh, with one of our uh, friends in the industry, and uh, they're doing a partnership and. Uh, they're going to be on a truck. Why don't you touch about that real quick? Yeah, I mean, if you're on Twitter at all, you may have seen this news, but we just got to give a shout out to the the group that did this because to to put something like this into play, there's got to be so many moving parts and it's got to be pretty expensive to do. Um, but the number 22 truck, Stephen Malazzi, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Um, they He is being sponsored by the Stacking Denny's podcast. That's Jordan Maccabee and... Um, roto doc nick giffen and um, the back of the truck is being sponsored by win the race that's our friend ryan stevens he's been on the twitter show with us he's been on full tank with phil with me this year and um, i refer to the win the race stats often i'm going to be talking about them in a little bit so it's so cool to see a truck essentially sponsored by gambling folks like the, the stacking Denny is going to be on the, the front. That's a gambling podcast and the, win the race on the trunk of the truck, uh, that's a, a site dedicated for gamblers. So really cool to see. I, I, I can't even wrap my head around how yeah. that could possibly come together, but, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other people involved as well, but, uh, just shout out to those guys, shout out to that 22 truck. Good luck to them this weekend. I know the odds aren't treating them that well, but, um it'll be cool to see it in the race yeah you're absolutely right like you said they're gamblers uh we communicate with uh ryan it feels like daily if not weekly and uh it's amazing to see the opportunity the win the race logo and everything that's going to be on the back of the truck it's just so cool um so gamblers are going to be representing uh in martinsville it'll be cool to watch and uh kudos to those guys for getting that deal done and and watching uh, their product uh, on the track. So let's dive into Martinsville. Like you said, it's the paper clip. want to give a quick recap of last year. Uh, William Byron won the race. He started 32nd, had a strong truck. He was in that Spire truck. Uh, and then Johnny Sauter, he started 36th, believe it or not, and he ended up finishing second. Uh, William Byron had 129.6 driver rating. There were not many lead changes, though. There was only nine lead changes. So 
Uh, and, and remember, guys, it was a cooler weekend in Martinsville. We remember what happened with the Cup Series where it was snowing right before the race, rained a little bit. Passing was almost impossible because there was no rubber being laid down. Kind of the same thing with the trucks. It was not a whole lot of passing. Uh, but however, the two the two guys that went from the back to the front were able to make it happen. If you look at the rest of the top 10, it was guys that started in the top 10. Second place was Kyle Busch. Uh, John Hunter started fifth. Rhodes started third. So it was a lot of those same guys up there. So, Phil, where do you want to kick off first? It's probably Kyle Busch. I think that's a good spot to go. Um, he's in the race this weekend. Odds on favorite minus or plus 105, plus 110 at some spots. So let's kick off the conversation there and we'll touch on Kyle to start at the uh, at the Martinsville race. Yeah. And just a, a quick note to what you talked about from last year and and kind of finishing off what I was saying, wrapping up the Bristol stuff is I'm a little bit concerned because, uh, and this is going to bleed right into the Kyle, but the, the lack of passing at Bristol last week, lack of passing in this race last year uh, at the front, right? I'm sure there was passing, you know, throughout the field, just like there was at Bristol, but it, it seems concerning to me because if you're looking at the cup series, um, the short track package last year was a disaster and you know it doesn't really seem to have changed too much um this year as well um so if you're looking at this you know byron you know he he started um far in the back but the average green flag run in that race was 10 laps so he had a lot of chances to kind of get ahead and then i don't know this to be a, a total fact but i think the strategy came into play last year when they saw that there was no opportunity to pass on the racetrack. They knew that it had to get done on pit road. I think there was probably some short pitting going on before the stage breaks. And if you get that track position, it's everything. So I think that's going to be really difficult to try to cap this race because you're essentially trying to predict ahead of time who is going to be in the position to be able to, you know, come in early and get that track position in stage three, because if it's the same way, then those cars or those trucks are going to be, you know, off to the races and, and good to go because you had three leaders of the race, like real leaders. And it was the leader of stage one, Zane Smith, or the winner of stage one, Zane Smith, winner of stage two, Ben Rhodes. And they led the whole stage and, and same with Byron and stage three. So I hope that that had to do with a little bit of the fact that it was cold weather. Uh, this weekend will not be cold. It's pretty hot here on the East coast right now mm -hmm. um so gotta hope that maybe that uh was a factor last year into it I'm, that's crossing my fingers that we will see a little bit better racing up front now that bleeds into kyle bush and he's just the elf in the room i mean you know it i probably said the same thing the last time he was racing and, and definitely the same thing at vegas now if you remember he raced coda and i was definitely saying hey this isn't the same as vegas right he's not an automatic lock to win um, right. But he still had a really good race. Now, the odds are just absurd. He is Crazy. plus 115. It's the best I think we can get him at. And, okay. uh, you know, it's not like Vegas, where I consider Vegas on in trucks for Kyle Busch like an absolute lock. But this is this is pretty damn good. I mean, he finished third last year. He wasn't one of the big leaders. You know, we just broke down those those guys who were leading all the laps in the stage. Mm -hmm. uh, but he did finish third. And he's had two starts this year. And it's the same old Kyle Bush. He's got a first and a second. All right. 
and his green flag speed in both those races reflect the same exact thing. First at Vegas, and he was second in green flag speed at um, Austin as well. So, you know, I think with Kyle, you have to play this like insurance. Um, I think you have to have something on him in some way, shape, or form. Now, you could take him outright. So, if you've got I know the flag hunting guys like to have like 10 units or, or a certain amount of units that they spend. Mm-hmm. I think that you got to throw, if, if that's the way you play it, you got to throw a chunk of units um, on Kyle outright, you know, at plus 115, just as a, a way to, you know, protect yourself. Because if Kyle goes out and practices really well, gets that track position, gets that first pit stall, I mean, good night. You know what I mean? So that's problematic uh, for anyone who doesn't have him. Now, there are other ways to play it. They also have uh, Caesars has Kyle versus the field. It's the same number uh, plus that. 115, but you could parlay that with somebody else in the race, which is nice. It lets you, you know, do that. Um, or you could just take Kyle winning and throw it into something, you know, that night um, in, a, in a parlay that way to give yourself a little bit better odds and not have to spend as much on, you know, it, exhaust that many units to get a decent payday um the other way that i've seen it and and you'd have to most likely parlay this as well but you've got him versus chastain uh on barstool that's a straight up head-to-head matchup it's minus 250 for kyle bush now i can see people saying well wait a second like how about we take chastain in that like all you gotta do is beat kyle bush and if kyle runs into problems i'm knocking on wood right here but he doesn't typically run into problems in the truck race. Like it's just, that isn't his MO. So if you're betting on that, it's a fool's errand. Um, So I think you take that minus two fifty, you throw it on something, you know, the Phillies are playing the reds, uh, Taiwan walkers going for the Phillies. The reds have some loser going, you know, put that together. It's like minus one Oh five or something Um, that gives you a little bit better. And, and, you know, playable odds mm. instead of minus two fifty. So there's a few different ways you could play Kyle Bush, but I think my advice you have to have something on him because you don't want to get beat by Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting with him since it's you know he's dominating um you know the odds boards here. I'm seeing plus one twenty five as the the best number I can get, which is interesting because I don't know the last time we've seen a driver at plus one hundred odds uh around there. So yeah, that'll be like you said. You got to get in on them somehow. I feel it's probably gonna have to be a parlay or cross uh, sport just to kind of get those odds up. If you're believing in them that way, it, it, even the uh, Caesars is cool because you can do a parlay head to head. So if you really like Kyle, you can throw that uh, as a part of the head to head. And there's other options out there. So then you can get it up to plus three fifty, plus three thirty on you know a group of a pair of head to heads so uh where do you want to go next where who do you want to kind of touch on as our next driver or two to kind of highlight uh as we get ready for the long john silvers 200 so looking at the odds board there's two guys next and you know i, I want to say like we're going to have kyle in the outright section um of the card here but if you want some other guys to think about to win the race let's go down the list and I'm going to talk about two guys kind of together here. Um, Zane Smith, our guy, taking on Ty Majeski, another one of our guys. Uh, so Zane is plus 700. 
Majeski's plus 800. This is on Barstool. These are pretty decent numbers um, for either of these guys. So the reason I'm bringing them both together in this conversation, Derek, is because they are matched up against each other on Caesars, and I think they have them matched up against each other on Barstool as well. So let's talk about it because Zane, if you're looking at – and by the way, got to mention – how we're looking at this race from a you know data perspective, um, Martinsville, but for all intents and purposes, are uh, it's its own track, very unique, tough to comp. So we're going to be looking at Martinsville. The site that I use gives me like the last seven races if I got it. A lot of these guys don't have full seven races. Um, both these guys are in that category, but you know that data set last seven at Martinsville is important because um, Martinsville experience clearly reigns supreme and the same with the truck series or cup series that's what matters most uh in addition to that though we are going to look back at last year the short tracks they had four of them that they ran martinsville was one of them we'll be looking at win the race and their true performance ranks we'll be looking at things like average finish and then the race last year you know how did guys do last year so um zane in the martinsville data he's untouchable i mean he's he's just really unbelievable. And he's got, only got three starts here. He's got one win, two top fives, and three top tens. His average finish is 4.3. That's first out of all the truck regulars. His driver rating is 120.6. That's first out of all the truck regulars. And last year, he did lead in stage one. He led 55 laps. He ends up finishing ninth because I think of the strategy situation. He got shuffled back. The stage breaks. You need your uh, pit stops to be absolutely flawless and you need your crew chief to make a right call of like when to, you know, pit or um, stay out. So uh, he was just not in the, they didn't make the right call, I guess, last year because he clearly had a truck that could lead. You get out there, you're going to be gone. Um, so he was third in green flag speed in that race. And Majeski just has nothing for him when we're looking at the Martinsville data because he's only got one start there and it was just okay. So that would lead you to think minus 130 for Zane Smith over Majeski to me is a really good bet. Um, now, I'll talk to you about, you know, the other side of this here because Majeski this season, he's sneakily leading the points. He's, he's beating Zane. Zane's got two wins and he's like 33 points up on um, Zane Smith for the points lead. And he's got the best average finish in the truck series right now at 5.2. Rhodes has the second best average finish this season in six races, and it's 9.7. Like, very consistent for Majeski so far this year. I think his worst finish is 11th. Every other finish is in the top 10. So Majeski's, like, kind of pointing people to death right now, and that's pretty damn impressive. Um, so that's why, you know, you got to have – little bit of pause right because when i first saw minus 130 for zane i'm like god damn like how is that not minus 160 well it's because majeski you know they're three and three against each other this year but um you know obviously the average finish situation for majeski is, is much better than zane zane's had some pretty rough finishes when he hasn't been up front like a 23rd and a 20th 14th you know he's not been automatic whereas Majeski is very consistent. Um, so looking at this, my thought process is uh, I like Zane still, minus 130 in a head-to-head -head matchup. 
but I also like Majeski for a top five at plus 100. My thought here is that Kyle's going to go out and win the race, and we might see Zane in fourth and Majeski in fifth, and then, holy shit, we're just cashing boom, boom, boom. Um, so that would be like just a beautiful uh, scenario for us here um, because Majeski has four top five finishes out of six races this season. Um, so a top five at plus 100 sounds very enticing. He was good last year, um, you know, on the short tracks as well. So uh, definitely something to consider. I know that it might make people feel a little queasy to take Zane in the matchup, but also uh, Majeski top five. Um, but that's kind of where my head is going right now because I, I see both of them. Yeah, you got to imagine that these guys are going to be up there competing inside that top five. So I understand the logic uh, with that. If you can go, somebody plays that and they're able to go to an O, great. Uh, even if they split one and one there, you're still getting some plus money uh, when it looks at the, uh, you know, the top, some of those top numbers. So uh, I like the thought process there. Uh, I, I want to say something I was thinking about when you were talking about Kyle Bush. Do you advise anybody to maybe wait? Uh, on after you know practice and qualifying there could be weather pending so he's not guaranteed to even be uh, starting on pole if there is any type of weather that comes in and messes that up or you know maybe he misses turn one doesn't get off a good turn two uh, and let's say he starts 10th maybe you get a number back at like plus 200 versus the plus 125 you've advised anybody to wait or just hey invest now uh, you know kyle's going to be kyle well um that's a good question. Uh, I, I had just kind of assumed that they were going to be able to qualify. I thought the weather was clear uh, for Friday. So if I'm wrong on that, definitely correct me. Um, uh, if Go ahead. I think I've been become the, uh, the most um, interested in weather for whatever reason when it comes to the shows <laughs> that I do. I don't know why. I mean, weather is weather is following the NASCAR series. Doesn't matter which series you're looking at, but now the weather doesn't look, I wouldn't, I mean, it looks fine. Uh, two hours of rain. It's what it's saying. There's thunder. It's, you know, 70% chance of storms today, 80 to, on Saturday, 91 uh, on uh, Sunday. So there's going to be weather pending, but I didn't right. know, you know, if somebody should be maybe waiting. Cause it made me think, Hey, as I'm writing down, building our card here uh, so that we could post something is that at plus plus one let's say even qualifying happens. And I'm sorry to be talking about Kyle Bush again, but let's say that even happens, you know, pulls it. What's he going to move to plus 100 plus, you know, is he going to move 120. to minus, minus 120? Yeah. I mean, so he's like, been there last year. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. That's a good point. So I didn't know what but, that market movement would be, but yeah. I, I think, so here's the thing. If they don't qualify and Kyle starts deep in the pack, I, I guess I'm not Bob Prockers, but I have to imagine he's going to start late. If they were to move him to plus 200 or something like that, then yeah, we got to pounce on that because look at Byron last year. He started like 36 and won the race easily. Um, so that's without a doubt worth a play. I, if I was a sports book, I would not touch the odds. Hmm. If they, um, I think that would be bad on their part if they moved them down uh, just yeah. because of his starting position. Um, okay. If he goes yeah. out and pulls it or he's second or whatever, and he's minus minus one twenty, I actually kind of like that uh, better. Because, yeah. you know, that tells me that he's Kyle Bush in a vehicle that is just top notch that weekend. And even if somebody does try to get sneaky with them and, and play strategy, 
Um, Correct. You would think that he could do it and make a pass uh, for a lead change. So we'll okay. we'll cross our fingers and hope. I'm an optimist, yeah. Eric. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm I, hoping that we can yeah. see some lead changes on the track this year, and uh, it's not just a snooze fest. So. I th- yeah. I think you I think you dubbed me Doppler Derek uh yes. two episodes ago. So uh Doppler Derek is either gonna be right or wrong, but it could be in our advantage listening to the podcast here and getting prepared for weather. Uh so then that covers a couple of those other guys. We touched on Zane Smith now, we touched on Ty Majeski. Uh another name or two you want to go to next because I think as we're moving through the board, there's gonna be opportunity, top fives, groups, etc. So where do you want to go next? Yeah. Um so I got a couple names and then maybe we'll do some quick hitters for, for different types of bets. Um, but I, I wrote down a lot of notes for this weekend and I like um, it. Ben Rhodes is somebody that jumped out because he's plus 1200 on barstool 12 to one on barstool. Whereas other books, you can see him like nine to one, eight to one. Um, so to me, like that says value. It says like, Oh wow. You know, these guys have him at a, much longer price what's going on with ben rhodes and looking at the martinsville stats he's second to ben Rhodes, second to uh, zane smith rather in just about everything he has seven starts in the last seven races which is kind of rare in the truck series he's pure veteran and he's got four top fives five top tens his average finish is 6.9 like i said that's second drive rating is 110.1 that's second and last year he led 47 laps best driver rating in that race 130.7 just Absolutely smashed it last year. He finished fifth, though, because of some strategy situations. And if you're looking at the short tracks last year, he average finish was 6.8. That's good enough for fourth best in the truck series. And in this race last year at Martinsville, sorry, I'm going back to this specific race, but he was first in green flag speed and first late in a run. So there's value at 12 to 1 for Ben Rhodes. If he were to do it, I mean, we talked about how Martinsville experience is a huge factor, man. He's got it in spades and recently. So um, that's important. Now I like, you know, 12 to one to win the race. You're assuming Kyle Busch isn't going to win the race if you're taking that. So it's a sprinkle if you want that, but I would really like Ben Rhodes plus 140 top five. That's something that I, you know, definitely am going to play. And then also plus 110 over Ross Chastain in a head-to-head matchup. So you're getting plus money for a head-to-head matchup against Ross Chastain. Um, I like that all day. The only thing that would scare me off that matchup is if Chastain goes out and he's the one who's like pulling it and and absolutely blowing people away. But he's he's not been that guy in the truck series since he's moved to Cup, where he comes down and he's just like wiping the floor with these guys. Um, he's one-on-one versus Rhodes so far this year. And... You know, he hasn't done anything to make me say like, holy shit, Ross Chastain's in the race. Oh, my God. Like, let's let's, you know, stop what we're doing. Like, that just hasn't been it now because I made jokes about Josevar a couple weeks ago. I'm sure Chastain's going to go out and win the fucking race. But, um, you know, one and one this year, plus 110 right now. If Rhodes performs really well in practice, I can't imagine that number still going to be there. So uh, and if they don't get to uh, qualify. Chastain will be starting in the back. Rhodes will be starting like second or, or, or third. So that number at plus 110, I can't imagine stays put. So I like that number as well. So yeah, I, I like the Rhodes. 
I like the Rhodes call out. I really do. I think you touched on the two best options for him, uh, specifically the top five plus 140 on Caesars head to head versus Ro- uh, Rhodes over Chastain at plus 110. I think those are really good targets uh, to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, Rhodes, I was curious maybe how I would maybe add him in a play. Uh, right now, he's also in a head to head on Barstool. You can find him uh, in a head to head versus Grant Enfinger. Uh, Grant, who obviously won uh, one of these races in one of their last three here at Martinsville has some good track record, has some good success, but so does Ben Rhodes. You read off the statistics. So what do you think about that head to head for anybody that's maybe looking at that specifically? You like Ben Rhodes there? Is that too tight? I could see people loving Rhodes over end finger in that matchup. But I, Mm -hmm. I, when I logged into Barstool, which is like Caesars and Barstool, like the only two with the head to head matchups right now, which kind of stinks. Correct. There was more. Holding out hope for DraftKings. Um, maybe they'll come around when race day, but well, I'm yeah. scared. I'm not touching this matchup, Hen Finger okay, versus good. Rhodes. Because so, let me tell you why. There, to. There is so much to love about Grand Hen Finger this weekend once yeah. again. Uh, we okay. were singing his praises last week on the dirt. Let me tell you about Grant Hen Finger this week. He was the other driver that I actually wanted to touch on, so that's perfect. Brought him up. Last seven races at Martinsville. One win, three top fives, five top tens. He's got the third best average finish. So we talked about Zane first, mm-hmm. Rhodes with the second. Now we're talking about the best third driver average finish, 8.4. That's great. Third in driver rating, great. Finished eighth last year. And, you know, he ran there most of the day. So what you see is kind of what you get with Grant Enfinger. He, he practiced around that area, you know, uh, high single digits, mid-pack, like eighth, ninth, and finished eighth. So that's, you know, he's a consistent driver at this racetrack. Now, last year specifically, it might have been because there was very minimal passing, but you kind of get the picture here. Um, The thing about Grant that makes me pause on roads in that matchup is the fact that last year, the short tracks, the 2022 True Performance Rank, he was third in the true performance ranks behind two people, Kyle Busch, who only raced one short track, and Corey Heim. All right. His average finish on those four short tracks was first in the trucks, 4.8 average finish. That is really strong, like really strong. Um, he has the best average running position out of everyone in the trucks. And, you know, the top five bet for a grand end finger is plus 170. I don't know how we can't like that. Um, so those short track numbers, in addition to his experience at Martinsville, you know, it's razor thin compared to Ben Rhodes. So that's why I don't like that matchup, but I do like Enfinger and Rhodes for top fives because you're getting some value there at plus 170. And then if you're looking for a matchup on Enfinger on Caesars, he's going up against Christian Eckes, who I hate to fade. Um, I'm actually really, I think I talked about it a few weeks ago, like I'm, Digging Eckes as like a sleeper championship pick. Um, so I hate fading him. I wouldn't say that it's a fade necessarily. It's just a lot of love for Enfinger. Enfinger right now is minus 125 versus Eckes. And if you're looking at the stats from the 2022 short track season, Eckes is even on the radar. Um, he was frisky in this Martinsville race, but I, I don't particularly know where he finished. I could probably pull that up in a second. Um, but the fact remains, uh, yeah, Eckes 
finished 12th. 12th. So Enfinger beat him in that matchup. But he, if you're looking at the true performance rank, Enfinger, you know, clearly, like I said, third average finish last year. Enfinger was first. Ekus isn't even on either of those two charts, top 10. So Oops. if you're, I know Ryan Stevens, when he talks about his true performance ranks, he preaches like if there's a big discrepancy there, that's a great opportunity to cash in. So mm-hmm. I, I really like that matchup for Enfinger um, over Ekus. Interesting. I didn't, I didn't think that would be uh, part of the conversation tonight, but it makes sense. Uh, you know, Enfinger as well, just touching on him. You mentioned his top five number, but he's also in a group bet, uh, but it's a pretty competitive group. And we touched on these drivers. I don't really see a, a competitive edge here, uh, but when looking at versus what we just said about the top five, Enfinger plus 360, and he's got to beat three guys, Chastain, Majeski, and Rhodes. Still like that top five number over that group. Without a doubt. I'm not touching yeah. that group. There, there were three groups thought. available. Um, we could talk yeah. about the two other ones, but that one I'm staying away from. Like That's what any of those guys could, could come out victorious there. I, I absolutely agree. I think it's good to kind of touch on those things because you never know who's looking. Can we touch on uh, Group D on Caesars? I know this is kind absolutely of the land of misfits, and uh, this is, these are some of my favorite bets. You know, there's there's the talk of the town. Obviously, we do we have a lot of legals at our disposal, and there's some that have locals and there's shitbox matchups and groups and all that. Well, this is like this is up my alley for like a uh, a shitbox group so you got chase purdy at plus 360 tyler ankrum plus 380 matty benedetto plus 380 raja karuth plus 550 connor jones who connor jones don't know who he is plus 550 and then william uh solish is that his last name plus 350 there leading the pack he's in the one truck this weekend so i mean i could puke but like help me out give me the direction i need here with this group yeah, I got a direction to go here. Who, who do you think I'm going <laughs> to Oh, yeah, I know, who this, I know who this fucking guy is. This is Tyler Ankrum all day, it, every day. It is Tyler Ankrum all day. You, <laughs> yeah. you, you're you're with it. I'm, um, I'm listening to you. Plus 380, all right, for Tyler Ankrum to win this battle of, of, like you said, the land of misfit toys here. At Martinsville, he's got six races under his belt. He's got one top 10, two top 15s, four top 20s. All right, remember, we're we're in a different echelon now. We're lower lower level here. Top 20s are kind of a big deal for these guys. Um, and so four of six top 20s, two of six top 15s. His average finish is 18.3 at Martinsville. Um, but last year, he finished 10th. And in 2020, he finished 12th. So two of the last three years, he's, he's top 12. Um, I think top 12 potentially wins this, you know, situation here. And... The thing that really got my attention with Ankrum, because my mind, if I'm being honest, my mind went two other places first. It went Chase Purdy, because I've been loving Chase Purdy in the Ford truck this year of what he's been giving us. Um, But I think we've had more success with Chase in head-to-head matchups, um, which he is not available in as far as I can tell right now. So um, the, the, and we had a lucky top five hit um, at Fort Worth because of the wreck. So, Chase, I didn't like what I was seeing with him from his from his numbers. Then I went Matty D, didn't like really what I was seeing with his numbers. Ankrum, his true performance rank last year on the short tracks was ninth out of everyone in the truck series. That's better than every okay. single person in this group. His four tracks last year's average finish in 2022 on the short tracks, 10.8. That's eighth 
out of everyone in the truck series. His driver rating was ninth. Again, better than every single person in this matchup. Um, mm-hmm. So it's surprising, but plus 380, you know, can Tyler Ankrum finish top five at Martinsville? I don't think so. Um, that would be something he's never done before. But can he right. beat these guys? I think there's a chance for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, we got Connor Jones driving the, the 66 truck. That was the truck that won last week. So, you know, maybe that's a little unknown. I would have to see with practice. I mean, this is one where let's assume the group bet is going to remain the same and it's going to come back up after practice and qualifying. Maybe this is worth letting simmer and seeing how these guys look. Um, because if Ankrum shows any amount of speed whatsoever, he's clearly shown the ability on the short tracks last year to you mm-hmm. know, beat these types of guys. So Ankrum at plus 380 was what I kind of landed on with group. Or I absolutely landed on in group D. Yeah, well, I wrote it down, so I'm I'm going to tell you lock. on that because it lock I'm locking that in uh, plus three eighty. Uh, I know you said maybe wait till after if they reload that, but I feel like if they reload that, I mean, look what he qualified last year. You know, Ankrum qualified eighth, so uh, has a place uh, that he really yeah. So then that number moves entirely, and I know that was last year, but I feel like you got on him early, kind of got me on to him a little bit, noticing him a little bit more, so. Uh, I'm going to tell you on that for sure. So I wrote that down. Um, I have a question for you regarding a head-to-head. Found it on Barstool. Very curious to hear what you have to say. Two guys we have not touched on yet, uh, but so curious to hear you know, what side you lean. But it's Stuart Friesen minus 106 versus Nick Sanchez minus 125. Where are you at? Holy mackerel. All right, so I was I had both of these guys written down on my sheet here tonight in different forms um cool. because i had a head-to-head perfect. yeah i had a head-to-head with freezing that i wanted to throw your way because to me okay. I, I was actually planning on flipping a bottle cap to determine um who was gonna be the guy we rolled with in that one freezing okay. is good um not great but he's good, good at martinsville um he's got you know decent enough statistics you know if you're looking at his last seven at martinsville he is you find him here Six, sorry, bad radio. Sixth in driver rating. Um, now his average finish isn't there because if you look at last year, for example, like he was running well in that race last year and got dumped because of Ben Rhodes and uh, I think it might have been Christian Eckes, you know, taking it three wide and, and freezing who had, had a good race going at that point ends up finishing 13th. Um, so he doesn't necessarily have the average finishes there at Martinsville, but. He's definitely someone, you know, three top 10s, five top 15s, 11.1 average finish. Definitely strong, strong veteran driver, without a doubt. The fun thing about that matchup that you laid out there on Barstool is that he's going up against the the new hot hand, the, the young guy, Nick Sanchez. And I wrote Nick Sanchez down, not in a head-to-head matchup, but I had him called out as a potential top five at plus 220 because he's just been surprising everyone at every turn like every pre-race situation he's kind of just like been below the radar i mean we might have talked about him a couple times but nothing like super crazy and then in practice he goes out and, and he dominates fort worth he was just like unbelievable um now 
the thing about Sanchez is he hasn't really been able to get the finishes. He looks great, right? All Swedish, no finish. That's what we used to say in hockey. Um, so that isn't conducive for winning head-to-head matchups, right? So Sanchez, you know, I was really going to bring him up as more of a talking point. Like, hey, what do we think here? Does he keep the the momentum going in the, the practice and qualifying? Is he going to be learning on the fly? I mean, Rory said it best. Um, I think we brought it up last week. Like, he just needs to learn how to finish you know, races and be okay with second or third and not take out the field. Like he's got to learn that kind of stuff. Um, but if that car has speed in practice, goddamn, like top five at plus two twenty, you're gonna be wishing you still had that. So um that head to head matchup, I, I'm probably leaning freezing because of mm-hmm. the ability to finish races and the veteran aspect of it. Um but I would hate to take that matchup before practice and see the the two truck just doing his thing again like shocking everyone mm-hmm. here he is because the kid's got talent man and, and the truck clearly is on it yeah you're right about that uh what, what was the head to head that you're uh you were gonna throw my way and flip a bottle cap over this is i mean this is classic truck series betting and it's stuart friesen versus matt crafton um this is doesn't get more blue collar than that oh dude i mean i love it i love it um crafton broke our hearts last week i hated cheering against him i i absolutely love matt crafton uh and and that truck and these guys are razor thin if you're looking at their Mm. martinsville stats they've both been there forever they're right there next to each other. Crafton has, you know, the, the better average finish, 10.9 to Friesen's 11.1. But uh, Crafton has a little bit better driver rating as well. Then you look at the stats from last year on the short tracks, and then Friesen has him there. So, But it's always like razor thin. There's no real distinguishable stat that you can say, hey, this is the reason you got to go this mm-hmm. way. But uh, I just love the matchup. It's like Yankees Red Sox type of deal. Like it's it's a it's a classic for truck series mm-hmm. gamblers. So uh, I didn't know if you had a take before I flipped the bottle cap over. Well, I mean, my mind uh, ultimately goes to uh, freezing first in that matchup, just thinking, hey, he's probably got the better numbers. But even when you look at the last three races, Crafton has an average finish of five point seven, two top fives, three top tens, where. Friesen in his last three at Martinsville has a 12th place finish with one top 10 and that's it. So that's it. Uh, I'm, I'm torn there. And I liked what you said about the, the last seven because it made Friesen's number a little bit more inflated there to the good. Um, but that one, like you said, it's going to be razor thin all race long. So you flipping a bottle cap or what are you doing? Well, I'll tell you my mindset with that one was I, I looked at that matchup and, and I had already done my, you know, yep. general stats. And I was like, I want Crafton in this matchup. Like Crafton okay. is the one I want. Um, yep. But when I looked at kind of the true performance ranks and, you know, that sort of thing, freezing, like poked ahead of him just by a, a nose there. So uh, that what that's what gave me pause. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to bring <laughs> this up on the pod, see what Derek uh-huh. thinks. But Crafton was where I was leaning. Um, so I don't know with that. I'll I'll let the gods decide here. I got my my Miller like Light bottle cap. We'll make Miller the the Crafton side. We'll make the other side freeze, and we'll see what happens here. All right, I'm showing the camera. Can you see that? 
Yeah, we got Miller. Was, we got it was Miller. Matt Crafton. So, so it was cra- um, it was always Crafton. It was always Crafton. Jersey Jerry. Um, yeah. So, and and this is going to be a fun one to follow if they do get to practice as well. Like I'm going to be glued for this one <laughs> in uh, practice and qualifying. So what's the what's the pricing on that matchup? They were minus one fifteen apiece, man. They were they were Ooh. even. Okay. So you're on the craft inside there, minus 115. Uh, where else do you want to go? How else do you want to round out your card? Uh, who else do you want to talk about? Sheesh. Well, I, I still have a few things to get down here. Oh, with, but I'll, I'll try to let's I'll try do to move. it. No, I'll try no, to no. move let's quickly here. I didn't um, want to hold you up. No, let's go. No, I, I'm 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 realizing that I, I still have some <laughs> points here okay, to talk about. I'm gonna point I'm gonna paint a picture real quick because I'm seeing Phil's sheet. It looks like what a quarterback or offensive coordinator would use or a coach would use <laughs> to like read off uh, a play sheet and is so detailed. You gotta take a picture, you gotta tweet that out. That is so detailed. I think that's great for the trucks nonetheless. This is awesome. So yeah, man. No, go off, go off, King. Where are we at? Well, so I, I saw a matchup of uh Carson Hosevar versus Taylor Gray. And this is another one that's super interesting to me because Hosevar, obviously, you know, a recent winner, been pretty consistent, but not consistently great. More of just like, you know, consistent. Um, And it's usually around like the 10th spot. So at Martinsville, uh, he's got a a driver rating of 82. That's eighth of the trucks. Ninth in average finish, 12.6 is his average finish. Um, in his races there and he's going up against Taylor gray. Who's like kind of the newer kid on the block, right? Like he's a younger driver, Toyota driver, trying to really make his name. And he's had some buzz, but much like Sanchez really hasn't gotten the finishes. Um, so I was, you know, really trying to find an edge here and, you know, Taylor gray actually had, you know, four races last year on the short tracks and um, you got to see some apples to apples in this matchup. And Hosevar had him an average finish there, 14.5 to 17.8. They're kind of right next to each other in the rankings with that. But um, I was surprised to see, I didn't realize that he raced all four races last year um, on the short tracks, green flag speed though, 2023, the, the races that gray has been in, he's been fast 14th 10th and 5th in green flag speed uh, better than Hosevar in that category in all three of those races that he's been in so that's what gives me pause like I originally it was like man Hosevar obviously but Taylor Gray is supposed to be kind of like really breaking through or, or starting to shine here as he gets more races under his belt this year because um, he had that like wonky start to the season because of his age so I kind of, based on like natural speed and the fact that like Hosevar is not blowing anybody's doors away at this track made me say like, maybe there's an opportunity here for a, a Toyota to jump in and um, win that head to head battle. So I don't know if that means anything to you, but I, I don't think it's an official play just yet. This is without a doubt, a practice qualifying you know, post-practice qualifying bet um, to me, but I'm leaning gray in this matchup just due to like natural raw speed so far this season. Um, so that was my thought there. I think the side that I would be leaning towards is Hosevar. Got that win out of the way. Biggest thing, you know, everybody talked about Hosevar doesn't have a win. So for me, I think, man, this guy's coming in uh, feeling good. Obviously got that win out of the way. So 
Uh, I kind of like that element. I know the win was two weeks ago, but still going back to now a traditional track. We were at Bristol Dirt, a little bit unconventional for the series. So my my mind goes Hosovar in, in that with a lean there. Yeah, and I totally get that. Um, so that's why I'm definitely going to wait to play that one if I do play it. It could be a no bet. It was just a conversation that I wanted to have um, because it's always good to talk things out. But um, if I, I guess the the point that I'm trying to make is if we see a driver between the two of those shine in pre-race stuff and the other one kind of faltering, smashing that. Like, I'm, I'm going to smash that because the, it's been – They've been kind of like right around each other um, on the short tracks last year and, and green flag speed this year. Obviously, I said went to gray. So um, mm -hmm. if one of them performs great and the other one kind of slouches, I'm going to be on that. If it's still yeah. razor thin, we don't really see anybody pull away, then uh, maybe it's a no bet, but we'll have to analyze the data there. Yeah, um, I think that's a good point. Yep. So moving quickly, then group F, I mentioned there's only three group bets available. Group F. <laughs> It's plus 180, and I kind of save this one because I really do like it. Um, we talked about every other guy in this matchup, four-man group bet. Stuart Friesen we talked about, Matt Crafton we talked about, Christian Eckes we talked about. The guy we didn't talk about Ooh. is the guy I like in this matchup, plus 180, Perfect. and it's Corey Heim. Um, he was awesome on the short tracks last year. Really, hmm. really good. Average finish was point. Three. That was third best in the truck series. And the only people that were ahead of him were Zane Smith and Grant Enfinger. In true performance ranks on those short tracks, he was second. And you know who he was second to? Kyle Bush. So he's one start at Martinsville. That's the concerning part. He's going up against some people who have been there a bunch. Uh, even Eckes has a, a bunch of starts under his belt at Martinsville. And his one start, he finished 11th. It wasn't last year, it was the year before. So, okay. Um, you, you got to, you know, really um, have some faith that the short track data matters in this head to head or that group bet. But plus 180 for Heim, you know, those numbers, the fact that he was so good in the comp track and I'm saying comp with like air quotes um, really made me say like, wow, you know, how can we how can we do something here? And the fact that he's in the group bet, I did not like the the head to heads that I saw him in. Um, so this group bet is uh, where I landed with Corey Heim. What if I told you that I was already on a matchup against Corey Heim and it was oh, with no. Christian Eckes? Oh, you already put that in? Already put that in. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Pre-pod. So what, what do you think about that? Because when you're talking about Corey, I didn't realize how strong he was. Uh, and I didn't know if it was fully KBM dependent or what, but um got Eckes over Heim so now how we feel about that because you just pumped up Heim um you know like a top five five contender uh, you know at least well so my to, to, to give it to me real give it to me honest to to pause and take a breath there like you know we talked about crafting and freezing like we, we, we get those two out of there um Heim you know we 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 really need to see Heim takes strides and uh, I'm trying to pull up his season so far. Um, he's got one top five and four top 10. So that's not too shabby. He actually is tied for second most top tens in the, the sport right now behind Ty Majeski. Um, And he's tied with Ben Rhodes for most top tens. So 
you know, Corey Heim is definitely somebody who is looking to be the new leader of Toyota. And so these are tracks that KBM used to come and, and wipe the floor with. And so um, I think that they're really hoping that they can do that. Um, so we're looking to see Corey Heim kind of get over the hump a little bit. He's young. Christian Eckes is someone like, I love Christian Eckes. I mean, he's been strong um, at Martinsville in the past. So I don't hate that head-to-head matchup by any means. I think in this group bet, they're both going off at plus 180. Um, I could be wrong. but So I don't hate it. To me, though, Eckes, I guess, didn't really have that many, like, differentiators, I guess you could say. Um where like he was kind of just like muddled in the group where performed decent at Martinsville didn't really perform well on the short tracks last year. Whereas Heim had that like feather in his cap. And that's where, you know, I kind of went on that one. Um, So I don't hate it, but I think I like Heim better. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think uh, you laid out some good points there. Uh, I liked Eckes. Eckes is strong this year. Uh, maybe it didn't perform, you know, in a dirt race last week, but showed great speed. I know maybe those are larger tracks. Uh, I just feel like that 19 team and looking at what Krauss did last year uh, here, maybe a good comparison with the, with via the truck, not so much the driver. I think the driver has the edge Kraus or uh, Eckes over Krauss. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting one to see played out. I already have it uh, locked in, so I'll make sure that it's on our card uh, when we tweet it out. But uh, I'm really glad that you got to touch on Heim and, and understand a little bit better, even though I'm on the Eckes side uh, over him. So uh, what's, an, what's another guy that we haven't touched on yet you want to you wanna, um, kind of break down? So we're going to end it with uh, a couple props. But before I do, I just have a hilarious bet to throw out there and i'm not saying to take I like this, this. By i any like means, this but i want to just say it in case it actually happens okay um so let me let me make sure i have this correct here all right so looking at we've been touting martinsville experience as something that's like super important timmy hill is plus oh, wow. six thousand <laughs> wow Plus, okay. he's 60 to one to finish Hill. top five. Just listen to me. Okay. All, All right. right. His last five races at Martinsville, he has one top <laughs> five, two top tens. All right. Holy shit. His, okay. his stats, he's 10th in average finish in the whole truck series at Martinsville in the last seven races at Martinsville. This is Timmy Hill we're talking about. That's <laughs> wild. Wild stuff. So if you're looking for like a, just an ad, like where's Mark from Mississippi at? That moonshot. Like, yeah, that this is your moonshot just for fun. I'm not like I'll maybe put just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit on this just for the fuck of it. Um, but his finishes <laughs> in the last five races at Martinsville, he's got a pattern, Derek. 21st, five races back. All right. So we're getting closer as I name these 21st, 5th. By the way, fifth is 60 to one right now. All right. Yeah. Then after that, it was 14th. Then a 10th place finish. Last year was 23rd. So you know what that means? If the pattern were to continue, he would be in the top 10. And if he's in the top uh-huh. 10, 
Who's to say he can't cash a top five? He did it once in the last five races. So there's your moonshot of the week. It's nothing serious. This is more so to joke around. But if it happens, my goodness, we're going to clip this. Oh, that would be a phenomenal clip uh, by a mile. <laughs> we would send it to Timmy Hill ourselves. You know, our buddy, our buddy uh, Mark uh, Harris, he's in uh, Chicago right now. So a legal betting state. Maybe we could even uh, push his buttons a little bit. To, you know, he's a guy that likes to throw down on some big, big numbers. Maybe we could even convince him, hey, throw a little coin for the boys here uh, <laughs> uh, on that. But yeah, that's an interesting my yeah, that's a very I'm glad that you made that call out. Uh 60 to 1 top 5 Timmy Hill uh as a fun bet, not a yes. not one that we fun. are um you know necessarily pushing for you anybody to run out there and bet at this minute. So, uh you said that was your last but you had might have a proper two you want to touch on? Yeah, so and just to reiterate, by no means <laughs> am I saying go out and take that bet. Um but yeah. just a fun conversation. So, uh, I like it. props on Caesars. We got odd and even and over under. Yep. So uh-huh. just want to just talk this through a little bit because one of them is a huge favorite and that's the odd. The odds are minus 270 compared to plus 190 for the even. Mm-hmm. All right. So just want to rip these through real quick with the odds the heavy, heavy favorite, minus 270. You're getting Kyle Busch, Ben Rhodes, Ross Chastain, Grant Enfinger, Christian Eckes, and Corey Heim. Those are just like the big ticket names. All right, so obviously that's a stout group. Um, the evens, we've got Zane Smith, Ty Majeski, Matt Crafton, Stuart Friesen, and Carson Hosevar. So it kind of tails off a little bit. I think Zane and Majeski are your biggest chances there. But at plus 190, if, again, you're asking yourself, is Kyle Busch going to win this race? If the answer is yes, then, you know, it's minus 270 or bust. The interesting one is over under. The over under is 46 and a half. All right. And it's minus 135. So that's bettable. That is very bettable. And the overs include Kyle Bush, Matt Crafton, Ty Majeski, Ben Rhodes, Stuart Friesen. I mean, Timmy Hill. Minus. <laughs> 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 Timmy Hill's in there as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the the guys on the other side of it, if you're gonna get upset here at plus one oh five, it's it's Corey Heim, Christian Eckes, Grant Anfinger, Zane, Hosevar, and Chastain. So um I, I really like the over at 46. There's a lot of big names there that could definitely win this race. And if it's Kyle, then you're you're golden. And if it's not Kyle, you know, Majeski, Rhodes, uh, Crafton, I mean Friesen, those guys are uh, definitely people who could get it done. So I thought it might be fun just to kind of throw that out there. And I thought that it was interesting to see such a big difference in the two props, you know, minus 270 to, to minus 135. I, I think the over 46 and a half, we touched on it last week uh, about, hey, maybe is this a prop we should look at? Obviously, um, with Logano winning, he was in the 66 truck. So I don't hate this at all. Like you said, you get a lot of really good numbers and some minus 135. You can, you know, cross sport it. You know, the NBA playoffs are happening. There's golf on. Um, so there's various things that you could do with it. You could also take it uh, on Caesars uh, like we're talking about. Maybe put it over with something uh, on truck, Xfinity, Cup, and just kind of do something there, uh, which is always fun. So, yeah, I don't hate that at all, Phil. I think I, I like that. I do like that call out. Good good call there. Thank you. Um 
And then to just kind of wrap it up here, I think I forgot to do this last week, but um, the driver group game, I got a, a few messages mm-hmm. out there from people who are also playing. So I'm sorry I, I left this out last week, but um, I'm starting in a situation now, and, and the way this works, Derek, you get nine starts per driver. Um, so I'm starting to get a little cautious of uh, starting somebody too many times. Um, so keep that in mind when I throw this out there. But my A starter, I'm going to have Grant and Finger. I have not used him yet, so I want to get him out there. Oh, nice. Um, I clearly, I'm saving Zane. I haven't used Zane once this year, so I'm saving him for late hmm. in the season. Um, my B starter, Matty D. He, you know, was okay enough last year, and I've got a million starts left for him. So. Um, He's going to be my first B. And then Taylor Gray. We talked about him looking to see, you know, Taylor really uh, start to put it together. And then the C starter, it's got to be Kyle Bush. If it's not Kyle Bush, you've got no chance. So um, that's my lineup, you know, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll see if those guys. But it's not the most stout lineup. A little bit of hoping and praying, but I'm, I'm using uh, – got to use some strategy here with my the amount of starts that I've got left. So Yeah, yeah, you yeah, absolutely do. Yeah, you absolutely do. And and like you said, you had a couple of people reach out last week uh, asking about it. So it's cool to hear that the uh, the audience is paying attention uh, to what you're saying there. So uh, anything else we didn't touch on uh, or did you cover every driver that we wanted to kind of connect on tonight? Because, again, it's Friday night lights uh, race and uh, it's going to be fun. I'm glad I always like watching the trucks under the under the light. So anything we didn't touch on yet? Yeah, we, we've hit everything yep. on, on my notes. Um, really looking forward to finally getting a, a Friday night race. Like you said, yep. it, it makes it a little bit more fun. Um, Saturday night last night was fun, or last week was fun. But um, Friday night lights is where the trucks need to be. So yeah, feels something feels like the, we're home. Something about that Friday night. Yeah, especially when it's warm. Now it's up here on the East Coast. It's getting a little warmer. So Phil, oh, tell yeah. everybody how they can uh, best uh, support you and check you out on uh, various social accounts and, and your show as well. You dropped that uh, on Wednesday regarding your Martinsville preview. So how can everybody support what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Full Tank with Phil is the name of the podcast. Get that anywhere you listen to them. And uh, put that out for the Cup Series every week. Always have a good time there. And uh, Full Tank Phil on Twitter and Instagram. Give me a follow if you don't already. And if you do, um, send me a message. Let's talk some trucks. We'll we'll see what we like this week. So uh, thank you once again, Derek. I'm, I'm glad we, we keep it going. We've got our streak going uh, here. We haven't missed one yet. So uh, we'll uh, see if we can end. We're going into a bye week, I think. Then they're right back at it. I, I could be wrong, but um let's go into a bye week you know on a high with the trucks i absolutely agree i i love that we're able to do this each week and i know you know many that are listening uh, are enjoying the content from it as well helps me as a gambler to really get uh my mind right going into the weekend where i'm so focused on cup uh, but be able to have trucks and then kind of goes right into xfinity and cup series as well so i'm glad that we're doing it and thank you guys again for uh, listening to the show couldn't do it without uh, any of you guys uh, without your support. So uh, best way to support me is at Derek Yoder underscore on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on the NASCAR gambling pod podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Google podcast. You can also check uh, what Phil and I are doing and Mark and uh, Rory over there at the NASCAR betting preview show on Wednesday uh, when we do our Twitter spaces show. And then also check out the all things go podcast. Uh, we had Danielle Bennett, who is uh, a phenomenal 
Pitmaster uh, on the All Things Go podcast with Brian Murphy. So uh, check us out there for myself and Phil. Have a great betting weekend uh, at Martinsville, and we'll catch you here in a few weeks on the Truck Pod uh, as the series goes to Kansas. Kansas.